Isms and phobias, they're the best of friends. Isms and phobias, can we pretend? I am not like you, you are not like me. Hey, let's go and tell each other to leave it there. Let's get go. Let's start the party and not be all caught up in twisted knickers in the throes of tribal warfare, my friends. Why and wherefore? What's the point of being so intense? Let's just be friends. Feminism. <laughs> well, sexism, should I say? Classism, homophobia, etc. Oh, what a waste of time. Welcome. So, today's podcast is all about animals, uh, hence the song. So it's all about, uh, like, pets and, uh, you know, hanging out with... No, nah, not really. It's actually about, you may have guessed it, um, uh, prejudice and that kind of thing. <clears throat> so, basically... Uh, you know, you may have noticed there's prejudice in the world, which you could define as like an unreasonable bias towards certain people and against other people. So, like, you know, racism. So, and these days it's controversial what the definition of that is. We'll get, we'll get into that. But racism, sexism, um, classism, which gets a bit obscured these days, interestingly, you don't hear the huge corporations all the, with all their woke ideology talking about classism too much. The 99% versus the 1% kind of got it obscured a bit. Don't see that somewhere, any, you know, very often. Um, uh, homophobia, transphobia, uh, xenophobia, phobia-phobia, ism-ism. There's all these things, right? So, um, in a, now you could go on for hours about this, but... Uh, I'm going to try and keep it uncharacteristically snappy today. Just some basic things to think about, which I think get obscured. Maybe you're thinking of these things, um, but I kind of feel like often when these things are talked about, it's kind of like, ah, it's kind of unsatisfying. Like there's all these obvious, in, to my mind, obvious uh, important de aspects to the, the, the issue of prejudice, which are not really mentioned and get glossed over which seems like these things are kind of like you, you need to be thinking of these things if we're going to make any progress, I think. So anyway, I'm going to offer a, f a bit of food for thought. Um, so I kind of, you know, how do we, what can an individual do to alleviate prejudice in the world? Because, you know, if someone's black and so they don't get the job, they give it to some white guy who's not as good. That's clearly, you know, that's not good. Now, in my opinion, not to alienate you right off the bat, but I kind of lean towards a libertarian thing of like, well, that a business should be allowed to do that, actually, even if it's discrimination, because I think they're going to get a bad reputation in that community. The community's going to be like, oh my God, who are these crazy people? And if you're, say if there's someone who hates white people, um, I don't want to work for them. I don't want all that bad energy. So I would, if they're like, yeah, I don't want you because you're white. I go, okay, thanks for letting me know in advance. I'm going somewhere else where I'm welcomed, you know, and not going to be energetically poisoned. But so, you know, but that's not really the main point here. But um, so I could understand the other side where people say, yeah, no, we need to set rules for discrimination. But even though I personally would think like, well, actually, legally, I think it's their business. So they would have the right to do that. 
um, and you might say, no, legally they should have no right to, have to discriminate, we would both agree, I, I assume, unless you're racist, <laughs> that that's a, that's a, that person is being crazy. Why are, you, why are you judging that black person when they can do the job better than the other person? Like, it's just the color of their skin or like their, you know, their particular DNA, you know? It's like someone can be tall or short, like black or white, it doesn't matter, right? Um, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, um, it's about the content of your character, not the color of your skin. So, you know, that would be obviously absolutely wrong. Or people, you know, attacking people, killing people, um, stealing from people because they're Jewish or they're, you know, um, uh, black or Asian or white or whatever. Um, that's terrible, right? Or same thing if it's doing it to a woman cause just because she's a woman or someone just because they're trans or just because they're gay or bisexual or whatever it is. Um, or their religion, they're Christian, they're Muslim, you know, attacking them. So I think most people would agree with this, at least in the West. Um, again, I'm not being xenophobic here and being like, you know, judging other cultures or something, but it does seem that in many parts of the world, perhaps more traditional cultures, perhaps where there might be more poverty. Again, what's the cause of that? Is it global empire by America? Okay, that's another conversation, but nonetheless, look at, many countries that there are these ingrained like you know Pakistan or whatever or like Afghanistan ways that, that say women are treated um, so you know in many parts of the world you know this whole idea of that prejudice in general is wrong that's not actually taken for granted everywhere but probably most people listening to this will agree that hey you know you're you can't control the color of your skin you can't control you know this that and the other so if you can't control it it's not your you know um, you can't, you shouldn't be judged for that. And, um, that, you know, you should be basically, if you're being a good person, if you're, um, uh, you know, being a good influence on your, on others, then that's all that matters. And I would agree with that. That would be my point of view. Um, now racism, say for example, uh, some people, these days would be defining that as oh that's you can only be racist against people who um uh don't have power racism is all about power so you know you can't be racist against white people because they have all the power you can't be sexist against men because they have the power um which i think is totally crazy and i think most people think it's totally crazy and so that's one of the things i want to talk about here is like that really if you are not balanced with your approach to prejudice, you're going to cause a backlash and it's not going to be pretty. And so it seems uh, there's a lot of people, it's almost like they want a backlash and maybe deep down they do. Maybe their spiritual evolution is at a certain point where they're actually keen on some conflict and it's going to make their ego feel big. They're going to go, oh, I'm so right. I'm so, I'm such a hero. You know, I'm in this struggle, you know, just like America, kind of like, you know, might want some enemies like, whoops. We're causing all these problems around the world. Whoops, we left weapons here, there, and there. Oh, whoops, oh no, now we have new enemies. Oh, trillion-dollar war industry has to keep rolling on. What a shame to our shareholders. Um, so, you know, the potentially I think some people, perhaps unconsciously, are actually seeking conflict by inflaming things. Um, and that's a shame because I think there's so much, you know, like, like the song, like the that wacky song at the beginning you know uh it's just a waste of time 
you know, as far as I can see, like prejudice, like what's the point? You know, you could be doing so many other things with your life. We're not here forever. You really want to be wasting your time judging people irrationally. Now I say it's irrational. Maybe someone could say, no, it is rational. Our people, we're white people. They're black. They're not our kind. We don't want to mix with them or whatever. If you want to have a voluntary community where you only have white people or you only have black people, cool. If you want to have your own voluntary community, you know, that's cool. I don't think that doesn't sound very interesting to me. It sounds like there's a, a culture of fear there. But if it really is just like, no, no, that's just like, you know, that's what we want. That's what we like. Then um, I would accept that if it's voluntary and you, you, you own your land, you're doing your thing. You don't want to let other people in. You're like, oh, we have this commune of, you know, Asian uh, lesbians. That's us, right? But, all right, cool. I'm neither of those, so fair enough. I can do other things. If you don't want me in your, on your, at your party, I don't want to be at your party. You know, um, even if you do want me at your party, I'm, I, if I get along with you, I, I might agree. But otherwise, I won't, you know. So that's totally cool. But when we're in a shared space, we're in the street, and you're like, hey, only Asian lesbians allowed, then that could be a problem, right? Or, or only white people allowed, only black, whatever. So, and society, um, there's this need for pluralism, meaning an acceptance of many uh, viewpoints and many groups and ways of being. And so I think honest, um, ultimately, John Stuart Mill in On Liberty, um, the book which basically ended slavery, I believe, um, he, uh, it's a pretty short book, I think, but he gave a big speech to the House of Commons in England and they basically slavery didn't last very much longer after it, I think. But, or maybe was it two separate things? But he, but he talked about, um, basically, in a nutshell, the golden rule. But he just brought it to his logical conclusion, which is, you can do anything you want. You have complete freedom to do whatever you want, as long as you don't prevent others from enjoying the same right. So... You have your sphere of influence, they have theirs. The overlapping area of the Venn diagram where your spheres meet and overlap, you know, that's where, you know, the law and politics, et cetera, and discussion um, on a local level would be discussion and then politics, like where your representatives are having discussions um, and then maybe law where the long-term accumulations of those discussions and um, when things break down, you have conflict, you know, sorting out the overlap. But in general, those overlaps are not very big. So we can sort that out, those blurry areas. But it's pretty simple, you know. Don't hurt other people and you can do whatever you want. If it's like you want to listen to loud music at 3 a.m. and your neighbors don't want you doing that, then you have to sort that out together. But that's all right. That's not too big a deal. Most things we can get along. Um, and so, you know, if someone's, you know, black and they want to be on the train and you're white and you don't like it, well, sorry, man. Why don't you get a car and go, you know, it's, a, it's public transport. That's a shared space. So that's it, you know. So that's be how, you know, of course it's pretty obvious to most people, I guess, but just to lay that out, some basic reasons, if anyone were ever to say, oh, I think we have our right to have our own thing or these people shouldn't be in our country. Well, I mean, uh, you could feel that way, but the majority of the people probably would say, no, these people are fine in our country. Um and yeah, so anyway, we'll leave that there. I mean, if the majority, if like 99% of the people don't want a certain group in the country, say Japan in general, they're not really keen on immigration. They just want Japanese, ethnic Japanese. I feel like that's their right. Okay, that's how you want to be. Fair enough. You're, this is your place. This is your country. It's your party. 
Um, but again, I think mo a lot of people at a higher level of consciousness would be like, yeah, that's not very attractive. That feels like there's something a bit weird going on there. So I think these things is a natural karma to things and um, it kind of works itself out. But so long as we're not um, restricting other people's freedom, then we have the right to kind of live the way we want within our territory. But, um, you know, your personal territory, even your sphere of influence, your home, who comes to your home, who are you going to invite to your dinner parties? You know, it doesn't need to be a diversity checklist for your dinner parties. But in the shared space of society, then there's a need for mutual respect and um, tolerance, you know. And when you do that, you get a much more interesting society. So you get a mix of different cultures. Um, and yeah, so, okay. So, <clears throat> so racism, sexism, all these things, homophobia and transphobia or whatever, maybe not the best word because phobia means fear, but it seems like actually largely it's disgust is the irrelevant emotion. Um, there's fear, but also disgust, like, mm, these people seem just like you know, fucked up or weird, you know, there's that kind of visceral sense of like, which is kind of like a, about cleanliness, I think, ultimately, like the disgust impulse. It's there to kind of help us go, ooh, avoid that. It's like a health thing. And so it's very, very deep. That's very, they're very survival oriented. So is fear, I guess. But, but you, so some people have these feelings, these deep primordial um, res resistances to other groups. And so that can cause conflict where people say, get out of my space. And we can disagree about what our space is. You know, oh, you're in my country. It's like, not in your country, I'm in the street, you know, leave me alone, you know, like, no, you and your people in my, you know, so you can have problems there where people feel like their personal space is being pressed in upon, even if you're actually just in a public area and they don't have a right to tell you where to be. Um, but nonetheless, so what can we do? You know, like there's, cause, um, to keep it practical, like what can we do? You know, there is prejudice in the world. We don't want it, right? Most people, let's assume. Um, how can you deal with that? Um, I think the ultimate answer, which doesn't get talked about too much is be conscious. So, you know, wake up in your own life. Um, so be as conscious as you can be, meaning become aware of your, become aware, basically, you know, read the power of now by Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle, if you want a primer on that, but basically Live in the now, think about the future and the past as you need to for practical purposes, but try to like live in the present moment and just go with the flow. Um, control what you can and guide it in the way that seems best for you. What do you want? You know, make it happen. So long as you're not hurting others and preventing them from having what they want, you know, and sometimes wants collide. So you have to figure out what's more important. Oh, my, you know, girlfriend wants that. I want this. What's fairer? What's the balance? Come to some sort of reasonable compromise um, or find some way where you can both be happy, you know, or you and your boss or whatever it is. But in general, right, so live in the moment, do what you want over the things you can control. Things you can't control, just accept them. You can't control it. Don't whack your head against a brick wall. Just, just, just go with it. Be with it. Even, because that can be hard sometimes, so it's even a good idea to welcome it. Play little games with your mind. Go, wonderful. I've lost my phone. Amazing. Perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. And that's just a way of kind of, it could be easier to welcome something than it is to just accept it. Because if you're accepting, you're like, mm, I don't know if I should be accepting it. But welcoming it's kind of so outrageous that it's kind of like takes your mind by surprise. 
and you can just go, yeah, wonderful. This is what I wanted, you know? Um, anyway, this can help you just live in the moment, go with the flow, and you'll notice you have a lot more energy and you're a lot more peaceful because you're not just fighting life the whole time. You go, well, think of it like the universe has the right to do what it wants. I'm not the whole universe. It was here first. It'll be here after me. I'm part of the universe, but, you know, I have to have humility and kind of I have control over what I have control over. The things I don't have control over, I just need to saddle up and deal with it, you know, ride the wave, learn to surf. Oh, I'm unhappy. I'm unhappy. Oh, I'm, I'm getting dunked by the unending wave, rolling wave of creation. So I can keep getting dunked, salt water in the mouth and the nose um, or and maybe other places, you know, uh, or and every moment there's the invitation to just climb back onto the surfboard and the wave is doing the same thing as before, but by me changing my own al position, aligning myself with the wave more in this metaphor, standing up onto the board, I can have a different sort of experience of that wave where instead of being crushed, you know, dumped, um, dumped and just, you know, rolled along in suffering, I can um, still be moved by the wave. I can't get off the wave, but I can be happy and I can even have fun on the wave, right? So be conscious. So this is all kind of like peace, what I'm kind of saying here, but, but it all involves, um, it's not just like being in the moment and like, you know, oh, get outside of your mind and just kind of pay attention to your breathing and be in the moment. Paying attention to your breath is a very good way to anchor yourself into the moment, right? And the mind's always thinking about the future and the past, so this is a way to get outside of your mind and stay kind of peaceful and in the moment. But a lot of the challenges that come up, it's not like, think about the future, think about the past. No, it comes in the form of some sort of idea, some sort of thing you have to engage with, like, oh, Susan's wedding. Oh, Margaret's going to be there. I don't know, oh, don't know if you know, that, that thing she said last time, I think she was making fun of me. It, that's future, but it doesn't come as like future. It comes as some sort of thing. And so building awareness is being able to say like, okay, that's a situation I don't have control over. Also, it's in the future. Okay. Let's, is there any practical steps I can take to think about this um, uh, and have a better present moment when that comes? Yes or no? If there are, okay, then maybe if now is the right time, okay, I can think about it. If I'm doing something, okay, think about it later. It, and if there's nothing to be thought about, nothing to be done, okay, leave it. Let go. Forget about it. Um, so you do this, and then something else comes up, you know, and there's these challenges which pull us into a primordial state, a less enlightened state of kind of conflict with the world. Fear, anger, disgust, sadness, where you're kind of cutting yourself off from life and kind of not so happy with life. You're not friends with the universe at the moment in that state, you know? So now we, this, we are going to connect this, right, to like prejudice and all this. But basically, this is the ultimate answer, right? It's the deep answer, I think, is just to be more conscious. So you learn to live in the moment, but largely what it's about is understanding. It's like a feeling realization. It's like a state of understanding of who am I? What's going on? What is a good idea? What's not a good idea? Um, what is a thought, some crazy thought that's going to lead me down a dark rabbit hole of suffering? And um, what is, you know, a healthy thought of like, oh, that's a nice, uh, oh, look, those kids are playing. That's cool. Nice. So some thoughts are fine, you know, but it's just about finding the balance with your own mind. And so you can live in the now, which is the only moment you ever really have. Live a happy life, be a happy person and be a good influence on the world. 
And when you're in that state and of, you know, you could say like ultimately you'd be, you could call it enlightenment or awakening where you kind of realize, oh, I'm part of the universe. When you get into the moment, you start to realize, oh, I'm like one branch on the tree of life. Cool. And so then all these other things come, peace, love, joy. But, um, and this is a very simple version of it, what I'm telling you, right? And I'm not perfect at it, obviously, but, um, you know, I'm a student an enthusiastic student at times. Um, and, uh, so in this, uh, you know, when you start to practice, have this spiritual practice of trying to live in the now and do what's right and avoid unnecessary suffering and be wise, be at peace, um, be a good influence on yourself and on the world. Um, the whole prejudice thing kind of dies away because you start to see yourself in everything. And so I, I see a black dude walking down the road and I go, Oh yeah, that's me living another life. Wow. If I was a black guy, what would I, what would I, how would my life be different? You know, or how is my life different over there as I am living life through that person, you know, and they're living life through me. Like we're all as the one actor, it's the universe. And then we're all just the different roles that the actor is playing. You know, that's one way you look at it. You might look at that as literal or as like a metaphor, whatever floats your boat, you know? Um, and there's this sense of love and, uh, or you could read, if you don't, if you, um, that seems too wishy-washy, a sense of um, mutual respect, a sense of intimacy, um, a sense of camaraderie, a sense of brotherhood and sisterhood, um, a sense of team spirit. And um, there's no place for prejudice on a team, you know, uh, on a real team. It's just natural, like you're, you're all working together. I think that is the thing. We're all trying to live our best life to be as happy as we can. And the truth is the, the best way to be selfish is to be selfless. The best way to be happy is to make everyone happy, you know, starting with yourself. But whenever there's a choice between making me really, really happy and someone else terrible or me pretty damn happy and someone else pretty damn happy too. Okay. Lean towards what's good for both of us, you know? So just keeping an eye on others um, and their welfare, you know? And so this is basically, I think, as far as I can see, the solution to all the prejudice is just try to be a better person, work on yourself. So it doesn't come from changing the outside world. It comes cha from changing the inside world and the world changes from within. You could think of that personally. My world changes from within Jamie. Your world changes from within Tony. I'm talking to Tony specifically here. Uh, or Carl, to, you know, within Carl, right? His world changes within him, right? Or whatever. Cheers for putting stickers on stuff, Carl, um, which allegedly you're doing. Um, so, yeah. And But then also at large, the universe is changing from within the universe. But, you know, and so how else could it happen but change from within? You try to change other people. Usually they just, you know, stonewall you or you get a, they, you get a backlash. They go, don't tell me what to do. And then they might go, man, those vegans are so annoying trying to tell me how to eat. Oh, those feminists are so annoying trying to tell me that I'm bad. I might go, yeah, we're stupid women. You know, it kind of like, mm, if you're not careful, it can lead people to kind of solidify with the op opposing camp of like, oh, yeah, maybe men are, you know, I got to stick with men, people who understand me and don't make me feel like I'm a terrible person, you know, because no one wants to feel like that. So, um, yeah. In a nutshell, I would say spiritual progress, i.e. self-development, trying to be your best self. 
that is ultimately the way to deal with everything, <laughs> including prejudice. Now, zooming, well, going to a slightly less, I don't know, lofty um, height, whatever, there are other things I think to think about of like, uh, so it's not just be, you know, individual thing, right? So I think let's, you know, look at, say some people say there's collective guilt, you know, like, oh, Jamie, you're a man, you're white, right? Um, so you, you, your people, um, your group have caused, are responsible for all these, this, uh, you know, the oppression of women through time, burning all the witches, all the rape of all these innocent people through time, um, domination of people who didn't get to live their lives. They had dreams and those dreams were squashed um, for no good reason, just because men didn't want them to have it or white people didn't want other people to have it. Um, and so, and there's an enormous amount of pain and the descendants of these people still feel the pain or people who are in that group. There's like that memory of the injustice um, and a wish to have it resolved um, and acknowledged. Um, and I definitely do acknowledge, and I think we should all heartily acknowledge the pain and the, um, the, the tragedy of, say, say women, the way women have been treated over, what, the last few thousand years of history. Um, many women have been treated very well, but uh, there's definitely been, uh, you know, compared to men, women's position in society has, um, in general, diminished um, in many places quite radically since the times of hunter-gatherers. Um, now, in other places, you know, it's been resurgent. Like in the West, it's more or less, I would say, it's pretty pretty damn equal now. Um, and even, you might say, unequal towards men in some situations. But nonetheless, like the point is, first step, like acknowledge um, all the tragedy of that. And, you know, uh, you know, you read a good book or you watch a good movie where... Um, you know the things that you know, have been done to women, and it's really terrible. It should make you, it should break your heart, you know. And so that's something to acknowledge, you know, and not just skip ahead to yeah, but but no, acknowledge that, you know, and um, acknowledge um, the you know white supremacy and you know that kind of stuff and all the terrible stuff of uh, you know slavery in the United States and etc. Um, but then. The thing saying that, you know, am I, do I feel guilty because of that? Do I feel like I'm responsible? I feel that we're all responsible to do our best and so to take responsibility of it. I think there's an opportunity for all of us. And actually, I would say um, an obligation for us all to take responsibility. Black, white, men, women. But more men have a more of a responsibility because... Um, Partly, there are the patterns of thinking which created those uh, imbalances and atrocities in the past. They continue to some, in some way, to some extent, you know. And so, I think if if we're honest, you you admit that you have, um, say, me, for, you know, I have noticed thoughts pop through my head sometimes in life. Where I'm like, oh, that's kind of like not such a healthy thought. That's kind of like a prejudicial thought, and it seems like that's an echo of some past thing which, you know, was coming down um, through my uh, uh, lineage, you know, whether it's like, um, and, you know, uh, pretty small things, but it would be where, like, I would go, ooh, that's not me, 
That's like, which is an important thing to, to say, you are not your mind. Your mind is uh, like your secretary. The CEO is consciousness and they're not the same thing. Some people you um, like Buddhists sometimes might use mind to mean like, you know, not just the thinking mind, but like consciousness in general. And that's kind of a beautiful word for consciousness, mind in a way. But I think the better way to think of it is like your psyche, your mind, the thinking, that's not you. You are this awareness, this consciousness behind the mind. Um, and you can control the mind, you can use the mind, you can express yourself through it, but ultimately you can meditate and the mind disappears and you are still here. And your mind changes over time, um, your body changes. So if there's a stable sense of self, it can't be the mind. And it isn't. It's, it's the consciousness. It's that which is always there, which is you, the presence, the witness, um, the invisible witness with um, the the three-dimensional uh, canvas upon which the masterpiece of creation is being painted one moment at a time. Um, so, but, um, but yeah, so I think probably a lot of us could admit, like, especially as you get more conscious and you start noticing, oh, this is all, that's all nonsense. Let's move away from that. Sometimes it can be distressing to notice some of these kind of more like primal, um, less reasonable thoughts pop into your head. And some people would pretend they're not there. Other people would maybe go, oh my God, I'm terrible, you know, and go the other way. Like, oh, I'm a monster. And maybe allow people to, you know, send them to re-education camps and go, oh, yeah, you're a racist. Yeah, I'm a racist. I'm a um, you know, if you're an actual racist, I don't think you would be agreeing to these things. Um, but, uh, but nonetheless, so we have a responsibility to... Um, address these patterns which are continuing through time to some extent in the west it's been improved a lot i think there's been huge amounts of progress made with racism almost everybody condemns racism almost everybody condemns sexism these days and the fact that you can get in such big trouble about it just shows that if this was a thoroughly racist society or sexist society you wouldn't be losing your job for you know making inappropriate tweets or whatever you know but the fact that it is means look look that's definitely that society has changed enormously and that's good but the danger is that it goes too far. And so before we address that the balance, what it means, this is to finish this idea of collective guilt. Like, so people, like, for one thing, that even if I were the descendant of slavers, right, um, which I'm not, um, I am not, I would not be responsible by guilt. I wasn't there. It wasn't me. So what's actually happening is you're mistaking who I am. If you say that, if you make that claim, you're saying you are your group. But I'm not my group, you know. I am, in a way, I am. I guess like I'm a I'm a branch on the tree. So I'm the tree. I'm that group through time. Um, but I am this branch here. This branch didn't cause whatever happened before, you know. Um, and I was not there. That was not my free will. I didn't make those choices. You could even say that wasn't their free will either, because they were spiritually unconscious. That's another conversation. But I still think you need to be held accountable for your actions. Um, especially if they're f free willing, but nonetheless, we need deterrence and we need feedback to prevent, you know, to make sure people act according as they should. So there should be some punishment, even if people weren't fully spiritually awake. Um, so, but I am here. And so I, I don't think it does anyone good to be bringing up the past and saying, oh yeah, you're, you know, uh, white people 
300 years ago did something, therefore you are guilty too. Because it's like, well, um, you know, none of us were there. For all we know, I was black 300 years ago and you were white. If you're a black person who might be like, say, posing that argument to me, right? For all, you know, I think reincarnation is probably real. I don't know, but probably it's my sense. And so potentially, you know, like that could be the, the way it is. Wouldn't that be funny? Um, now, you know, and so I don't think um, collective, the cult of collective guilt is useful. Um, and I think, you know, guilt is not really a positive emotion to be building the new world from. You should be building it from hope, um, creativity, kindness, love, joy, um, wisdom, um, excitement, you know. Like guilt isn't really, mm, do we really want to be sowing that? I don't think so. Um, maybe some people at a low level of consciousness, that would be an improvement to start feeling guilty, definitely. People who just, nope, doesn't matter, just do it, whatever, you know, suck it up. Them feeling guilty would be an improvement, but I think, um, yeah, that's, it's a temporary stage. The ultimate um, healing state is, uh, is not guilt. It is um, self-forgiveness, and forgiveness of others, very important. But because forgiveness isn't an awareness that there was guilt, um, but should transcend that and say it's okay, and we're gonna we're gonna build a new, better relationship, better situation. Um, now, and just another little detail there, right? So I'm even if I was descended from slavers, I wouldn't feel personally responsible for that because I'm not my group. I'm I'm an individual, right? I'm here now. Um, but also, say me, like I'm, you know, I'm Irish, descended from um, uh, Irish stock. My whole family's Irish. Um, we're, you know, genocided by omission by the British Empire, like not that long ago. Like my um, grandma, she remembers being very young and um, being in the same room as an elegant old lady in a dark dress who was her great grandmother. And she had been born immediately after the famine the Great Famine. And so she grew up in the post-famine world, feeling all the, the, the effects of all that, you know, turmoil and all that, that um, tragedy, you know, the aftermath of that. And she was in the same room as my grandma, who I've been in the same room with, and she was telling me this first-hand memory. So, you know, this isn't that long ago, and um, this caused enormous, you know, look, if you want to learn about it, uh, you know, uh, you know, get ready. Um, but, and you know, just the 800 years of British imperialism, pretty heinous, pretty intense stuff. Um, I won't go into detail, but like, I'm uh, actually, uh, on the receiving end of colonialism. Um, but I'm white. So people might think, oh, you're a colonial bastard. It's like, you know, I wouldn't get angry at them. I would just have to forgive them for their lack of understanding and go, hmm. all right, well, I don't. I might feel that anger come up. Hey, you don't understand. Then I go, okay, what if, is that very useful? And so this is like that consciousness thing. You feel these primal emotions come up. Then to go, okay, look, this isn't personal. This is just, they've got unconsciousness coming up in them. I've got unconsciousness coming up in me now in response. I can take responsibility for this situation. And I can forgive and just um, accept and let go of and not identify with um, this negative emotion and this, conflict, um, conflictive energy and disposition. And I can heal that and dissolve it. And then the other person has nowhere to go because 
if you're looking at them, they, they kind of accuse you of something and yet they can see you, you haven't severed your cord of affection with them. That kind of, that does something to you, you know, and it's good. It does something good, you know, I think. Um, and so, and that's how we start healing the world. You know, hate, what's the thing? Hatred never um, combats hatred. Only love can do that. Um, the Buddha, I think. Um, and that on a practical level, that's how it works, you know. Um, the buck stops here. Instead of reacting, 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 like pinballs bouncing around of unconscious mm. reactions, you something comes your way and it's unreasonable, you know, you didn't you don't deserve it, and you embrace it. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you, universe, for giving me this opportunity to um dissolve the momentum of trauma and uh, injustice. Um and you don't need to tell anyone about it. Better if you don't. You know, so you don't start thinking, Oh, I'm so cool, look at me, you know, I'm the guy who is helping save the world or whatever. A little bit of that's good if you know keep you balanced, maybe. But like very little. You, in general, you want to. You don't want to be inflating your ego with this self-importance of what you're up to. But so, collective guilt. Um, I think yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Um, and often people will, you know, you might not be understanding the full picture, or even like you know, a lot of um, Af African Americans descended from slaves. A bunch of them aren't as well. Some of them could be descended from slavers in Africa. Who were enslaving, you know, the, the slave trade, it, the source of it was Africans, enslaving other Africans and selling them to the Europeans. At that time in history, the Europeans weren't going inland. They had ports on the coast, like kind of uh, West Africa um, and uh, Ivory Coast, that kind of place, you know, and um, they would just buy the Africans from other Africans. So it's complicated. It's, more, it's not as simple as white people enslaving black people, you know, and slavery was all, common all around the world. White people were enslaving white people. Asians were enslaving Asians, everyone, you know, all over the place, right? So it's a complicated picture. And I think it doesn't do us much good to get lost in that, you know? So I think it's much better to just live in the now. And when um, injustice comes your way to try to, you know, set boundaries as you should, but to, um, you know, and not let people walk all over you or walk over others. Someone's mistreating women, you know, say, hey, hey, buddy, what are you doing? What are you are you crazy? Are you five years old? That's not, that's no way to act. What are you talking? What are you doing? Um, if they start getting intense, go, all right, look, we don't want trouble. You don't, no need to fight them, you know, but you can push them, make them slightly uncomfortable there. Make them notice, hey, that's not on. That's not the world we're living in, right? And so just through brave conversation, I think you can s help a lot of these things. Um, and yeah, not just choosing easy targets and being like, oh, yeah, these people, you know, on Twitter, I'm going to attack people and they can't do anything to me. Um, or like, oh, my society's trying its best to, you know, treat women well and, you know, in general, you know, like the pay thing's equal these days. I'll mention it's actually basically equal in the West. Um, but, you know, but instead of like attacking people in the West or whatever, go, why don't I go take a holiday to some other country where maybe women aren't treated so well and try to raise awareness there? where it's really needed and people, women are getting stoned for adultery and stuff, you know? Again, I love everyone, you know, we're all brothers and sisters. That's me living another life over there. Unfortunately, it's even me casting the stone. Um, it's you casting the stone, the way I see it. You know, we're all, we're all humanity living, um, you know, in all these different circumstances. You might think, see it differently, but I would say, you know, 
if you were in that conditioning, you had that upbringing, that brain, et cetera, you would be doing perhaps the same thing. Um, but, but, you know, like, so not just taking these easy targets um, and to make ourselves feel good, like, oh, virtue signaling, look at me, how cool I am, um, and uh, attack people on Twitter when they're defenseless, or, but to try to, you know, just be cool, but, you know, not get too caught up and obsessed with the whole thing of prejudice and racism and sexism and whatever, but to just be a balanced person, treat everyone equally, treat everyone fairly, and, um, and if you really want to make a difference, yeah, go and, you know, face-to-face, -face, go try and help people or talk to people, raise awareness, or when it comes up, you know, in life, um, then just to kind of, you know, um, connect in the real world where, and that's where it can make the most impact. But, and you don't want to be, even then you don't want to be, um, alienating people. I think and being like, how could you say that you monster? But instead going, imagine that I am that person and I've been, temp we've temporarily had our souls swapped and suddenly, I, you know, like imagine, okay, here I am. I'm talking to um, some other guy there and he says something about, oh, bloody, you know, whatever, some group. Um, and he's like, you know, oh, just like filthy scum, whatever. So to deal with that, I think a great way to imagine suddenly my soul is swapped and now I'm in that other person's body and that other person is in my body looking back at me. What would I want them to say to me to try to bring me to my senses? You know, I wouldn't want them to go, you monster. I don't want to be called a monster, you know, so they could go, um, man, um, you got to be honest. I think you're pretty far off the mark there. Like we're all brothers and sisters in my eyes. Like, I mean, um, there's a few bad apples in every bunch, you know, but it's got nothing to do with race or sex or whatever. So, I mean, do you really believe that? Or are you just messing around? Then I go, Oh, I'm just messing. Yeah, I thought so. They say to me and I go, yeah, cool. Oof, that was a close one. And you give people the grace and the opportunity to try to stay connected with us and not get lost in, you know, little echo chambers of extremism or something. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, you know, tricky conversation, you know, lots of little details here, but Basically, yeah, I think um, real world connection and trying to maintain empathy for others and respect for others, even those who are being disrespectful and lacking empathy, especially those people. That's where it's needed most. Um, so, yeah, and now, oh, yeah, the pay gap thing, by the way, little side note, um, sometimes you might hear people say, I think even Obama said this, which is like, well, I mean, he did a few things. Maybe that shouldn't be too surprising. But um, he, uh, well, you know, people say sometimes, oh, yeah, men are paid more than women. You know, it's outrageous. We need to fix the gender pay gap. Actually, that doesn't happen anymore. That would be discrimination. We have laws against that, so it's not allowed. Um, what that comes from is, in general, men um, are paid more because men are overall, on, on average. Um, in the West, this is, right? I don't know. Some other countries probably... Unfortunately, yeah, um, women are paid worse, say, in certain countries where they're not treated, they're treated second-class citizens, unfortunately, you know. But in the West, right, the way it, it is, uh, men are, 
um, dangerous jobs, like where you could get your hand chopped off, that kind of thing. Men are much more likely to do those jobs. Um, uh, moving city, moving your home, just packing up and moving, cutting off all your social contacts to go pursue a job. Men are more willing to do that in general. Um, and also uh, men are less likely to stop working to start, um, you know, to take care of children. Um, and so, and then this, I think certain very high paying jobs, I think we're, we're relating to like, you know, high level problem solving or whatever. Um, it seems like, I think there might be an element to, I'm not sure where men are more drawn to that because in general men in general, not always there's exceptions. Um, men are more interested in things and women are more interested in people. So it's not necessarily even about ability. Well, there might be something to that, but just that, you know, men are more interested in like on in general on okay, how do we make up this bridge? Whereas women would be more interested in how do we raise these children or um, how do we help um, this elderly person regain mobility and have a good quality of life? It's like what is interesting to you, you know, and um, that might be a, a factor as well. But even without that, you know, so that is the thing why that comes about. But in general, you know, basically, uh, if someone's making a bridge, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you're getting the same pay. Um, so yeah, so let's see, what else have we got to say here on the topic? Um, well, one thing I'll say before I go checking these notes, um, feminism. So like with, I think, so I mentioned like there's the danger of a backlash if people go too far, right? So feminism was, was the people, if someone said, are, are you a feminist, Jamie? I wouldn't label myself, right? But I would be pretty reticent to say that because they might get the wrong idea. Because it seems like these days that might, some people, people have different versions of feminism. If it's like Christina Hoff Summers, her version of feminism, I think I would agree with. I could say, yeah, I'm a feminist in that sense. Um, I believe in equality. I believe um, we're all equal. We have different abilities. I have different abilities to my twin brother even, you know. Um, but... Um, every person has different abilities and in general, like men have certain different abilities to women in general. Um, you know, that women are better than men and some things men are better than women at other things in general, but there's always exceptions. Um, and you know, uh, even whatever different groups, uh, different cultural groups might have different ways of raising children. So that could create, you know, different uh, advantages or disadvantages. So we have these differences. Um, and so that needs to be acknowledged like, oh, who's going to be better at this job? Okay, well, if it's a soldier, probably going to be men because men are more able in general to shut off emotions and also, um, you know, like kind of a logical um, problem solving tends to be more the milieu of men. And that's traditionally been the way through evolution, what men have been focusing on more, whereas women in general have been more about social awareness, emotional intelligence and sustaining the group and maintaining kind of the flow of communal affection and kind of keeping everything, um, I don't know, alive. And, you know, you know, like, I, I, I don't know, this is out of my, you know, beyond my pay grade to explain, but you get the idea, right? And that kind of resonates, right? It's like, oh yeah, that's kind of the way it is in general, right? Um, and this is backed up by scientific studies anyway, but um, so in general, yeah, men are going to be a better soldier. Uh, women in general, better maybe, um, 
nurses, teachers, or whatever, more maybe empathetic um, um, and kind in general, probably. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, we're on, so we're not equal in terms of abilities, um, but we are equal in terms of worth uh, at a fundamental level. So we're not equal in terms of worth in terms, okay, who's going to be in the army or who's going to be building this bridge or who's going to be um, uh, teaching the people or whatever. There could be a thing, oh, well, only 10% of engineers are women or whatever. That wouldn't shock me because in general, women are less interested in building things. Um, uh, oh, there's only 10% of men in primary school teaching. Okay, that doesn't shock me really because it seems like in general, women are more drawn to that. Um and so if you don't know that, you might get the wrong idea. Oh, my God, there's some systemic sexism. But it's like, well, it's actually, it's not that simple. But um, nonetheless, so whoever's good at doing stuff, I say, yeah, we should, it's a healthy society requires that we, you know, things are hard to run. We need the best people doing everything, you know. And the good thing is there's an unlimited number of games. So if you're not good at this thing or that thing, there's something you're going to be really good at. You just need to find it. And so if we say, no, everyone's equal, that's actually robbing you of the opportunity to find what you're actually gangster at, you know? So, um, so I think that's a th situation where truth is very important. You can't like honey coat it and lie to ourselves and say, Oh, everyone's equal at everything. Bullshit. You know, it's not the way it is. Um, and it, everyone knows it deep down. It doesn't feel good to lie to ourselves like that. And it's not wise. Truth is necessary. So, but yeah, everyone can be the best at, at something, you know, you just need to find it. Um, for one thing, everyone's the best at being them, you know, uh, answer, you know, a questionnaire about what you would do in this situation. <laughs> no one can do it as well as you can. You've got privileged access to that awareness, but at, in skills there, everyone I'm sure has certain skills, which they be re can be really good at, you know, just need to find it. But, um, but nonetheless, um, at a deep level, we're all equal. We're all, you know, we're all spirit. We're all the consciousness. We're all souls. We're all just the, uh, the universe experiencing itself. So, um, I think, you know, the idea of, uh, thinking that anyone is better than anyone that, you know, whether it's for class like, or oh, you've got a billion dollars and your, you know, your great, great, great granddad also had, you know, way more money than everyone else. Does that make you better than me? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it means you've got more money than me. It means you can do more things than me in the out, outer world. Doesn't necessarily mean you can think as clearly as me doesn't necessarily mean you can sing as well as me doesn't you know there's um other things you know there's many abilities i might be able to trump that person at um but even that it doesn't really matter it's all we're we're both souls you know that's it um that's the way i would see it and i think that's the healthy way to see it is like um you can celebrate like yeah good for you being some gangster like billionaire have fun i hope you're having fun over there and living your best life because you're me if I were in that situation, and actually I am in a sense through you, I would hope I would have the most fun I can while being a good person. And that's what I'm doing over here. And me compared to some, you know, dude in, you know, a slum in India, I am that billionaire gangster dude, you know? So it's just kind of relative to an extent, you know? Um, and so, you know, ultimately we're equal, but we are different in, in another sense. Um, but sometimes, yeah, people take it too far the, um, they get lost in tribalism and kind of instead of seeing yourself as like, uh, okay, I am me, I'm a branch on the tree of life. I happen to be white. I happen to be, 
you know, of Irish descent. Um, I happen to be male. I happen to, I don't know, have leaned to libertarian or classical liberal political philosophy. I kind of feel, you know, I'm inclined toward Buddhism and, you know, that kind of Zen non-duality philosophy kind of stuff. Um, whatever, you know, I'm a musician or whatever. These are all like little tags or like labels, but it's not you, you know, you're none of this. You're just, there's no words for who you are. You're just you in the, you want to know who you are, turn off the mind and just be in the now. That's who you are, you know, get to know yourself. Um, but it's very tempting to have this tribal, um, these tribal instincts are very potent because that was necessary for us to get to this stage of evolution, I suppose. Um, where we define ourselves as a group and um, you know, that we needed the group because uh, we're very vulnerable on our own or we in the wild we are now we can be, we can have the benefits of our individuality because we've built this um, safety net of society via group coordinated group um, actions. And it turns out that the most, the optimized group is one which maximizes individual freedom. And that's what the West is, you know um, that's why the West flourished so much, I believe. Uh, apart from having superior naval technology and kind of conquering the world, many people were doing that. But I think what really sustained it and allowed that to last and entrench, um, and, you know, the empires that first took over, they didn't last that long, you know. So, you know, Portuguese and Spanish empires. Um, what really, I think, um, allowed the West to really become very powerful is, like, the maximizing freedom. Anyway, um, uh, so... We are not uh, your tribal group, and but it's very tempting to go. Oh, I'm Republican. I'm Democrat, and or whatever it is. Um, I'm pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-life, anti-life, whatever. <coughs> um, but I don't know. It just seems like a kind of waste of time to get so to define yourself as part of this group. Why not just you know? Why not? Why? Who needs a boundary? You know, just be. Why can't we all be? each other why can't we all be part of one big thing you know and it, i think that's much more enjoyable if you try it out people who you feel like they're not they're not part of my group do, run a little experiment and go all right next time I'm, I'm seeing one of them imagine that we're actually part of the same group you know and we're all kind of you know or do a little daydream where you are in that group and have a little life and try to think of a cool way what would be a cool way to be some you know, you're some guy um, from North Europe and you're like, you've got some problems with immigration or something. There's North African hoodlums in the neighborhood or something. Go, okay, imagine I'm part of some North African family. What would be me, my best self, if I'm born into that community? And you kind of imagine this North African dude who's, you know, really educated, kind, helping out the community, whatever. You're like, yeah, that's what I would do if I were there. And you can start to see that in these people. And so instead of being, oh, these people are not part of me, you can go, no, no, yeah, actually, we're all kind of not so different. You know, I think movies and books are really good for building empathy and helping. I think far better than, you know, shouting and, you know, trying to belittle people and shame people for their, you know, genuine beliefs about, you know, um, who who is and is not part of them and who is and is not worthy is like movies and books where you'll have just these lessons just kind of showing, you know, like the beauty of different cultures where, you know, like that Clint Eastwood movie, uh, what's Gran Torino, where he's like, you know, this old Korean war veteran and then his neighborhoods, you know, gradually over, he's like, you know, 90 or something and his neighborhood slowly over the decades been um, overrun 
whatever with like Koreans, you know, and uh, it's like they're um, the huge Korean community and he's just surrounded by them. And so he just feels so out of place because he was out, you know, traumatizing or shell shocked in Korea, you know, fighting, you know, Koreans. Um, and so he's kind of like real hostile to them. But over time, he kind of gets to know them and, he, you know, he starts to like them. And then in the end, he even defends them. Um, great movie. But um, and it kind of it's just a, such a beautiful thing showing it's like an archetype or a model, a, a blueprint for what we can do in our own lives of something seems foreign and weird and to us and we don't quite like it, triggers fear or disgust or anger, mm, don't like it. And then being able to approach that and even learn to accept it and then even embrace it and kind of welcome it and celebrate it, you know. And um, it's a really beautiful thing. It's, re um, it's like uh, so, so much untapped potential in this world. All the people who are hating on other groups, like you have the ability to love that group. And that is far more enjoyable than hating them, you know. And the thing you think you're holding on to and preserving by hating them, you know, it's an illusion, you know. Like the real um, inheritance, the real treasure is just, you know, living in harmony with your fellow man, you know. Um, uh, man in the uncountable plural sense, you know. Uh, no, not really plural, but, you know, you know what I mean, in general. Um, humanity. So, but yeah, so let's say getting back to going out of balance, right? Like, um, people might say you can't be racist against white people. You can't be sexist against men because you need, and some, it seems like some people want to make people pay for, you know, like, oh, you hurt us for so long. You need to suffer for a while now. Ha ha, your turn. But the energy, that's not the right energy, you know, like, that en that's mm, that's not a healthy energy. That's just going to create more of that energy, right? Um, and it's going to cause a backlash. And then, you know, especially, and it's kind of crazy if you're doing that and you're in the minority, you know, and you're like, like say with, you know, women against men or whatever, that's one thing. But if you're like an ethnic minority, you know, say you're black people in the USA, it's not the majority, you know? Um, and if you're being like, oh yeah, just white motherfuckers, you know, like, that's kind of crazy because it's really risky that, you know, the majority who were, it seems like whether there's a, a silent part, majority of the majority who were kind of mm, not really into it, but just went with it during, you know, all the terrible days of the KKK and all that, who knows. But the majority was at least tacitly supporting institutionalized racism for a long time. Um, so now we have this opportunity for like where the majority is saying, you know, yeah, we want, you know, equality. And so you don't want to be like going too far. That's really crazy. And like, and in fact, um, not just counterproductive, but actually that's a, tr a betrayal of the cause. So if someone says, I'm an anti-racist, therefore I hate white people. It's like, you are the, you are your own enemy and you are the enemy of anyone who um, is trying to bring equality to the planet. Um, and you are snake in the grass um, because it's all about equality. It doesn't matter, like, there's no time for, or let's make, punish you because you or someone else who looks like you in the past was doing that to someone who looks like me in the past. That's actually a continuation of the device of us against them thought pattern. So you're, you might think, oh, yeah, it's different though, because I'm a woman, you're a man. Yeah, but that's like, you know, it's the same pattern. It's us against them. That's the relevant thing. It's not, is it, because, you know, think about it what makes sexism bad or racism bad or homophobia bad or classism bad? 
it's all the same thing. It's, it's this us against them mentality and treating people unreasonably, um, punishing people when they've done nothing wrong, right? That is the thing, and that's common among all of them. So it doesn't matter if it, you know, it's a woman doing it to a man or a man to a woman. Or would it be fine if you know, the women had been punishing men for, you know, through, throughout history and then suddenly the men turned around and started, you know, go to the kitchen, woman, and ah, no, of course not. That would be wrong, right? So why is it right the other way around? You know, it's not right. Um, you can be racist against white people, and it happens all around the world. Um, you can be racist against black people, and it happens all around the world, right? Uh, it's, it's all just about treating people as individuals and, you know, not um, punishing them for something they haven't done and punishing them for something that they are, you know, for being who they are. So I think, unfortunately, it almost seems like the virus of um, prejudice in the spotlight of awareness that has been shone on it in the West in recent decades, it has had to retreat because it's been under attack and the spotlight, it's put in the spotlight and that, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant, right? That itself basically deals with it. You just need awareness. You don't really need to do anything else. Awareness and then the changes roll into place. Once everyone understands fully, then actions follow pretty naturally. Um, and so that's why movies and books are so powerful and even music, you know, or like, like that Bob Dylan song. Um, all right, here we go, little Dylan, right? Um, which communicate like the the truth of like, you know, they shot, they sh boom, boost your awareness of something. And they don't need to tell you what to do because you, you already, you understand and naturally you'll do what's right. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think uh, with uh, racism or sexism or whatever, um, it, it, it's, we really don't want to be continuing the energy of um, like punishing people or supremacy um, of like, uh, oh yeah, we should be helping you know, like say boys are struggling in schools um, in America. There's a great, Christina Hoff Summers wrote this book called The War on Boys or The War Against Boys and talking about how the, the way the school system has been set up kind of favors girls and that the boys, like say, who have more of a need for running around and, you know, playing guns in, you know, like playing with guns, pretending to be warriors or whatever, which maybe later on they will embody in later life as like being a warrior, like in a in a more, you know, not with guns, but like say with words and doing the right thing and fighting for freedom and for the justice and being a good, you know, father or whatever, or friend or whatever it is, they're acting that out in this primordial male kind of way and being told, Hey, Oh my God, Jimmy tried to, he was playing guns with George. Oh my God, he's a bad boy. You know, there's all these, that's a tiny little thing, but there's all these details of what, how boys um, have been struggling. I believe in the West in general, um, in the schooling system and that how, um, women have been, you know, and girls and then women have been succeeding, um, outpacing boys massively, which is great for women. Like, it's like, yes, amazing success for, um, you know, for that half of the population. So that's wonderful. But that, um, when people have been raising the alarm, including people like Christina Hoff Summers, who's a feminist, you know, saying like, we need to take care of our boys. These are our brothers, our husbands, our, you know, fathers, our sons. Um, some people have been like, well, Hey, that's anti, you know, like, um, pro you know, progressive. Um, and so you start seeing this danger where people can start trying to put women above men. 
And that's very tempting, perhaps, if you're feeling like you're, you know, ah, making a lot of progress. Yeah, why don't we, you know, but, mm, you know, don't, um, don't overreach, you know. It's, it's very important to be balanced or lest you gain a backlash, you know. Um, and, and then if there's a backlash, it can escalate very quickly. And a lot of people in the middle, middle ground who would be very sway, swayable by calm, reasonable voices, um, their primal emotions are triggered. And there's a lot of people who won't have enough consciousness to remain aware of what actually makes sense. And they will just get swept up in the currents of primordial energy. Um, so it's very important that, you know, um, we build upon the gains of our predecessors um, and don't throw away, you know, like all the gains of Emmeline Pankhurst or these amazing heroes, you know, who were like um, uh, helping women come from like servitude, you know, and um, absolute, you know, second class citizenship, literally being unable to vote and said, oh, women are too crazy to vote or whatever, you know, um, to having these rights. And then by going, oh, yeah, for women, we're going to keep doing this for women, for women, yeah. And it's like, no, for your bloody ego is what you're doing, you know, and you're actually, you know, absolutely betraying these women from before if you were to do that, you know. And maybe I should be being less blunt with this, but but basically, you know, I think there is, and um, we can all be guilty of it to some extent of being um, not quite finding the balance, being a bit too extreme with things. So it's, and it's always a, one of the best questions ever is when you see something that you don't like, ask instead of just going that's not good okay i noticed that i don't like it so i can communicate that to the person that's one option or i can try to stop it take some action if that's appropriate but often or i could just accept it right um if i you know it's not appropriate or i can't do anything right you just accept it you know and that's actually what because you're um, cultivating your own peace and therefore clear consciousness so that's actually a good thing to do it helps um, alleviate prejudice in the future just by not getting and simmering in negative emotions, but remaining calm. But a great thing you can do is to go, when you see something like that, ask yourself, in what way am I doing the same thing? And it, there might be, well, no way really that I can think of. But if you keep thinking, you might notice something that's not very similar, but kind of vaguely similar, you know? And you go, hmm, right. And so that both connects you to that other person more, to kind of mitigating that us against them psychology, but also it's very practical. You go, oh yeah, I do, I do need to work on that. I forgot about that. There's a lot to keep, your, um, keep in mind, you know? So other people displaying their flaws can be a great um, gift to us to kind of help us go, okay, in which way, in what way am I doing the same thing? Oh yeah, I sometimes do that thing. Yeah, okay. And so we can kind of, put it to good use you know um so yes i'd say that's important you know like this I, i'd say in a nutshell three things right be conscious that's the way to heal old problems be conscious wake up wake up people um and two um take responsibility for the imbalances and injustices perpetrated by people whose group you are in now, um, even if you're not directly responsible for it, do what you can to try to build bridges. If only, um, you know, among other reasons, but 
because um, many people will hold you guilty of that. So say, because I'm a man, certain extreme feminists might hold me guilty for like, you know, um, the history of uh, women being, say, um, second-class citizens. Um, uh, but so I wouldn't agree with that, like that I'm responsible for that, but I can still, by me intentionally going, okay, that's something that I have an opportunity. They will be paying attention to people like me more than to other people, say to other women or whatever about that perhaps. So I have a, if I can, um, take action to help that, um, that's one reason to do it is that they will see that as, oh, they are, men are actually trying to fix the problem. And a lot of men are, I think a huge number of men are very concerned to try to um, alleviate all the prejudice and to dissolve the, tr the trauma of this to help women be their best selves going forward. Um, but often men don't exactly know what to do. You know, someone was just telling me, shout out to Alex, the barista. Um, he was telling me like, um, yeah, like a friend of mine saying, you know, he was asking a friend of his like, um, you know, what can we do? What can we do? And that, you know, she didn't really have much to say that it was kind of hard to articulate what exactly can you do practically, you know? Um, some people say like, oh, you know, if it's late at night and you're walking along the street, um, you, and there's a woman coming, you should cross the street so that she doesn't have to worry about, you know, like, oh my God, is this guy going to be a threat to me? But then maybe some people will like that, but then maybe certain other women will, will, won't like it and they'll go, oh, this guy thinks I'm so weak that I need that, huh? Well, maybe some women will be totally fine and maybe the black belt is in jujitsu. And so, and you can just, and in general, say me, I don't like doing that because I like to create, um, I like to live in peace and love. And so what I would do instead was I might put on, maybe exaggerate or just consciously cultivate a smile or just be whistling to myself, something to emanate a vibration of beauty and kindness. Um, but even that, do you need to do that? Some people might think, well, if it doesn't matter, you know, we're all just the same, right? We're just equal. We shouldn't be getting lost in this and obsessed with race and gender and all this. Why can't we just walk past each other just like normal human beings as if we were both male? But then people say, yeah, but, but it's not. There's all this trauma and people, you know, people do get raped still. And there's all this trauma. And so um, women, it's different. We need to be careful. And if you would just cross the road, what's the big deal? Why didn't you do it? So it can be very complicated. People go, hmm, maybe like it's not even people who want to do the right thing. It's not clear what they should do. Um, or say, you know, um, women in, um, you know, some Muslim country want to wear hijabs or whatever. Like some people think, oh, isn't that kind of like men dominating them? Should I be criticizing that? But then again, it's just their culture. So maybe they want to do it. Uh, you know, it's not really clear what the right thing to do is. So this is where I think for me it comes back to like, just be conscious, do the best you can um, and take responsibility for what you can and try to be a good emissary of, you know, the change you want that world to see. Um, but also the third thing would be um, don't acquiesce to this idea of collective guilt because I don't think that's healthy. Um, and, you know, bowing down and being, oh, you know, I'm really sorry for what I did. What did you do? Oh, I enslaved the Africans. No, you didn't. What are you talking about? You know, you're perverting yourself from truth. So, and that's a little momentum you don't want to set in order because it's very precious. 
the awareness of truth and all the time we lose sight of what's true. So you need to be very careful not to lie to yourself even if it seems like it's a kindness or something. So, yeah. Um, now, a little bit. Uh, let's see. Who's gonna, very unorthodox going to answer a phone call. Hello. It is indeed. No problem. All good. Base is done. Wonderful. I'll collect it later uh, today. Cheers, mate. See ya. Bye. That was Chris from Music Minds. Anyone in Dublin, Music Minds, solid people. Um, my base is ready. So um, uh, I think that is God trying to tell me to play a tiny bit of Bob Dylan. All right. This is a, a little bit from a song called um, uh, Only a Pawn in Their Game. Um, so on the theme of racism, right? Here we go. Just a little uh, 30 seconds. A bullet from the back of the bush took Mega Rever's blood. And a finger for the trigger to his name. A handle hit out in the dark. Two eyes hit the spark. Two eyes took the aim. Behind a man's brain, but he can't be blamed. He's only a pawn in their game. About a, a white dude who shot a black guy, and Dylan saying, Yeah, but he's only a pawn in their game. Don't blame him, you know? It's like he's being used by other people, um, by, you know, the politicians who want to keep the poor white people distracted, you know? So it's um, the southern politician. Preaches to the poor white man You got more than the blacks don't complain You're better than them You've been born with white skin, he explains And, and ain't it plain The Negro's name is used for the politician's gain So the white poor white man remains on the caboose of the train So he can't be blamed He's only a pawn in their game. Etc. Great song. Um, believe it or not. Um, but, uh, you know, some people might say, oh my God, that, you know, how can you forgive him for that? that, that you know, but it's like this is art, so beautiful. It just shows that, um, you know, there's, there's layers to these things, but that, you know, this person is lost in an ideology and being manipulated for various reasons, but to see b deeper than the, just the surface thing of, oh, racist bad, you know, or whatever, and to go, okay, often people are kind of possessed by these mind viruses and that that is you living another life and um, that we should have pity, really, I think. You know, what's the thing like Dumbledore says um, to Harry? Don't pity, the um, don't pity the dead, Harry. Pity the living. And above all, those who live without love. And so I think uh, racists, sexists, homophobes, um, classists, whatever it is, I wouldn't want to be living that life, would you? So doesn't that therefore mean that they are suffering and they are being punished in a way, even if it's by themselves or by their lineage, their upbringing and their, where they are from in life? And so, 
we can still set appropriate boundaries and take action against the negative influences that certain people can create in the world, protect vulnerable people, try to prevent institutions from getting corrupted, etc. But like at the same time, have compassion for our brothers and sisters who are lost from love and lost from common sense of like, you know, just in a prison of bad ideas. And I think that really does help. The energy of compassion and love is, is really, I think the only way prejudice really is undone apart from also alleviating poverty because a lot of this stuff comes from people who don't have enough and they get into these fearful survival mode um sympathetic nervous system kind of states of like mm, fight or flight you know and then it's um easy to blame the outsiders from your tribe you know um so but then even that improving poverty and you know that also comes from cultivating your own consciousness um, and peace and um, wisdom and goodness. And then you're a good mo role model for others around you. And collectively we start to move in that direction that has, you know, that is mirrored in the success of the prosperity of the country. I would think, you know, um, that, you know, people flourishing individually ends up causing society flourish and that diminishes poverty, which also diminishes prejudice. Um, so let's look at these mighty notes. Anything that has been missed um and yeah right so yeah so basically identity politics and division so some people use this you know some people are just you know say let's talk about the people who are being out of balance with they're kind of on the right track they're saying racism's bad sexism's bad etc and yeah right on right on brother right on sister that is you know, definitely true, but they're just, the what is right, but the how is wrong. They're going, yeah, so we need to kill all the white people. Like, I thought you were saying racism's bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so sometimes I think that's ignorance. And so we can try to communicate clearly, take, you know, the kind of, um, be a good influence, be the change you want to see in the world, show them another way to be, addressing racism and prejudice like a p more peaceful way a more balanced way and you know understand that we might be out of balance ourselves sometimes and so to ask how am i doing the same thing you know and try to have humility and be aware that we all have blind spots or um or we might have blind spots and you wouldn't know because it's a blind spot um so the, um ignorance that's one thing however there's also malevolence or which would be people just trying to stir stir up problems, enjoying conflict, and that could be unconscious. Perhaps people who they feel good when they're fighting, and if they're not fighting, and then life starts to seem a bit slippery, and then they they find someone to hate, and suddenly everything's simple again, and they feel calm. Uh, that can be a problem. So instead of kind of finding calm through spiritual evolution, people might find it through tribalism and warfare. You know. Um, so, and so that's another problem, right? So people just, you know, kind of using it, um, disingenuously using these causes basically just to, to allow themselves to enjoy a, a good conflict. Um, so that's actually what I was saying before, right? The, uh, prejudice, it's like the spotlight of, um, awareness has forced prejudice into a big retreat in the West. Um, 
but then I think it's snuck its um, way into certain, it's had to retreat into certain um, less obvious um, places and requiring the spotlight of awareness to increase in intensity um, and luminosity to kind of notice. And that's what we're doing here, trying to do, you know, where we have conversations like this, you know? Um, so for example, the fact that people could be um, using racism or sort of saying, I'm an anti-racist, but they're actually being racist or, Oh, I'm a feminist. I'm, I'm all about equality, but then they might actually not be about equality. They might be lying, you know? So back in the day, it was pretty obvious. Oh, you know, I, I don't like women. People would say that and be like, okay. And it was kind of obvious, but then that was no longer acceptable. And so they had to find these more nuanced ways to be prejudiced. And so, um, you know, or, or I'm not racist, but I just think, you know, um, these people are less intelligent, you know, it's like, mm, okay, you know, maybe you are racist, you know, and I don't know, maybe, you know, wouldn't rule out the idea that certain races might have d different abilities in general, but I think like, A, it's not very helpful to kind of probably mention that too much, but even if it is the case that certain um, ethnic groups um, would be uh, in general more uh, like have better abilities in, in any field, A, I don't think it's been studied very much, probably for ethical reasons, um, but also, um, you know, what if you throw in daily exercise, good nutrition, good schools, um, uh, listening to some spiritual, you know, spirituality videos on YouTube or whatever every now and then. There's all these factors which can radically alter the picture. So I think really it probably doesn't really have much um, impact. And so anyway, um, so, but then the other thing is, right, so people using it for themselves to make themselves, yeah, feel good because they're like, they enjoy the conflict. But then there's also um, with, and that'd be identity politics. People can use that and saying basically, oh, you are your group and groups are all at war. There's this cultural Marxism thing where a version of Marxism where it kind of morphed philosophically into um, saying, okay, society and the world is all about power. But instead of like different classes, you know, the capitalists against the workers or whatever, it's like um, everyone, there's all these cultural groups and everyone's just after power and there's nothing connecting us, you know, and, um, is, you know, conflict is inevitable, very dark worldview, you know, um, but uh, identity politics is kind of partly, it seems, built upon that. But the idea that we're all tribes and you've got your own, you know, or as a French, uh, as a French, black, um, uh, male, um, you know, uh, divorcee, you know, like these very specific like self-definitions and then feeling like aligning with that, those tribes or whatever. Um, a, it doesn't seem like that's very useful for collective bringing harmony into the world, but um, it seems like this can be used to divide people. And so per perhaps you might say if you're being a bit conspiratorial or cynical or maybe careful <laughs> that maybe certain people in power who don't want the citizenry to get too organized and realize that they're being robbed and taxed way too much um, while they go off and you know, have their money off in tax havens or whatever and invade foreign countries to control the oil or whatever, that maybe um, let's divide them up into a thousand different groups by encouraging a culture of you know, tribalism. That's one problem that could be happening potentially. Um, but also just in general that people could self-organize that way into identity politics. And there's a real danger that 
if we start identifying as all these separate little tribes, then what holds us together? And, you know, and I think unity is very important. So um, it's important to address like, you know, prejudice and to try to help the world um, become a, a fairer place. But ultimately it's imp the most important thing is that we remember that we're all one, we're all one big family, you know? Um, and that more important, say me, I could be rattling on about the British empire or whatever, and what they did to, you know, poor old Ireland. But um, at the end of the day, um, they're my brothers and sisters. And apart from the fact that I may have been in a previous incarnation, I may have been freaking, you know, the guy overseeing the genocide. Um, uh, you know, um, England is beautiful and the English are beautiful and they're human beings. And I can see the beauty of that culture and it fills me with happiness and it increases the wealth of my heart to be able to be part of that and to celebrate it as part of myself, as part of my human heritage. And so I think, you know, all groups, this is an opportunity we have to open our hearts and um, even from a selfish point of view, um, overcoming prejudice is a great idea. If you want to feel good, you need to get rid of that stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, it's all about ethics, you know? being the best I can be and helping our society in general have a high ethical standard, morality, you know, not uh, an ethic or a, an idea, an ideal of progress and self-development um, toward beauty, goodness, truth. Um, and yeah, in general, pluralism. So a society that respect, respects differences and Hey, whatever you want to do in your, your own private domain, go for it, knock yourself out. Um, but uh, whenever there's um, shared spaces um, where, you know, we're interacting, then um, there are requirements, you know, that um, whether it's through social expectation or through law that, you know, mutual respect is um, required. And uh, at the yeah, grounding all of this is just spirituality. It's just an awareness of who you are, who we are. And, that, you know, love is really shiny and delicious and uh, warm. So, you know, cuddle up to love and, you know, forget the other stuff. All right. So uh, happy weekend, everybody. And uh, uh, yeah, may you enjoy your prejudice against prejudice, which perhaps is the, the final and most important prejudice we can have, the one which eats its own tail and dissolves itself in fireworks of pretty lights and beautiful triumph. Amen. Goodbye for now.